Welcome to a very special episode of the Trust Psyche podcast. This is episode 40, and we recorded this on June 19th, 2023, the day after Father's Day, and coming off of the new moon in Gemini. This episode is a dialogue between me and Matthew Stelzner, one of my favorite astrologers in the whole world, and actually the first uh, professional astrology reading that I ever got in my life uh, now over 15 years ago. I just want to share with you a little bit about who Matthew is before the episode begins. And essentially, for the next 90 minutes, we go into what is conscious parenting with astrology as both being professional astrologers and now parents. We share what it's like here in the early days and years of having children. What does the ritual of living with astrology look like in being with these souls and together as a family? I think that this episode is for not only all the parents out there, but also for all of us children. Wouldn't it be amazing if we all grew up in a world something like this? At least that's what I think, and I think that's what Matthew thinks, and that's why we're doing our best to embody this. Matthew Stelzner is a professional intuitive guide and teacher, devoted husband and father, currently living in Santa Marta, Colombia. He has practiced astrology and tarot for nearly 30 years. Matthew also worked for 20 years as a professional facilitator and trainer of holotropic breathwork. As a group leader for workshops and trainings offering that method, he held space for people doing powerful work in expanded states of consciousness. His combined experiences in these two main areas of work, along with his training in counseling psychology, have led to a unique approach to working with clients that is about trusting the healing force within each client to guide the process. He has an MA degree in philosophy and transpersonal psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies. You can check out his YouTube channel where he regularly posts content on the joy of astrology and you could also find him on his instagram at tarot underscore and underscore lola to find out more about matthew's work see his blog and get information about his intuitive readings at his website matthewstelzner.com right now matthew is offering a promotional discount on his readings i highly recommend you um, check out his work get a reading if you're feeling called um and also just wanting to say that this was an absolute honor to be able to have this discussion with my friend of over 15 years. I also want to make one other announcement, and that is I have an opening in my therapy practice. Um, I love working with couples and individuals um, and can include astrology in that work for those who like and essentially, I provide ongoing therapy throughout the different cycles and seasons of life. Um, I work from an attachment-based, uh, emotionally-focused therapy that's psychodynamic and, of course, informed by archetypal astrology and psychology, transpersonal work. Uh, I do well with uh 
integration from expanded states of consciousness. I work really well with therapists and coaches and astrologers or people who are working on their relationships. And I would absolutely love to work with you or someone you know. If you are feeling called, please reach out to me at jessicatrustpsyche.com. I'm always happy to hear from you. And if for some reason, um, when you reach out, if um, I don't have an opening at that time or you are looking to work with someone else, I'm always also happy to provide referrals. So I know great people and I really believe therapy is just about finding the right person for you. Okay, you all, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you very soon. Ciao. And this has also been recorded as a video. And if you'd like to watch the video of Matthew and me, go to the Trust Psyche YouTube channel. Trust Psyche, the podcast on astrology and depth psychology. I'm Jessica Deruzza, licensed psychotherapist, professional astrologer, and teacher. You can find all supporting material for this podcast and my body of work at trustpsyche.com, where you can study astrology with me from beginner to advanced. Thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Deruzza, and I am absolutely overjoyed to be here today with one of my favorite humans and souls, my dear friend and colleague, Matthew Stelzner from MatthewStelzner.com and his YouTube channel. If you're not already following it, please do. You will love it. It's also Matthew Stelzner. Hey, Stelz, thanks for being here with me. Hey, Jessica, thanks for having me. Thanks for the invitation. I'm so happy. Oh, well, you are definitely um, one of my favorite astrologers. And also, um, we go back 15 years of podcasting and teaching astrology together. And you are truly not only one of my favorite astrologers, but also cosmologists. And today we are going to be talking about parenting and astrology. Yes, we are. I'm so happy to be here and to have this conversation with you, Jessica. Oh, so why are you here? Like, how is it that you're here? And also please do share something at some point about your amazing painting behind you, because it's incredible. And also where in the world are you? <laughs> I am in beautiful Santa Marta, Colombia, where I moved to be with my wife and now baby boy nine months ago. Aww. That's where I am. You <laughs> are in Colombia, South America. That's right. That's right. After 30 years of living in California, uh, I have moved to Colombia to have my family here. Yes, it's quite a wild ride, as you know, that's been happening the last uh, couple of years in my I, life. Yeah, I mean, you left after an entire Saturn cycle of living in the Bay Area and found true love and became a husband and now a father to Stevie Rose. Little baby Stevie. Oh, yes. and so yeah. how old is he now? He's four and a half months old this week. Oh my gosh. Congratulations through making it through the first four and a half months, the hardest in many respects of 
bringing a child into this world. It's an incredible feat. And the fact that you're here right now and available to have this conversation with me speaks worlds to <laughs> the achievement that you've made here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's such an extreme experience the first, especially the first two, three months. And yeah, I'm super grateful to be kind of in a new phase with uh, Stevie and Marianella. It's gotten a lot easier. Um, and it's just more and more fun with Stevie. He's just, uh, he's laughing all the time, smiling all the time. And uh, it's just become more and more, I don't know, experience of love, family love. It's mm. uh, it's a experience that I haven't had before. I wasn't expecting to have uh, this lifetime. And I'm just super blessed. I'm like loving being a father. I didn't know how I would be with it. Nobody can know what it's like to become a parent until it happens. Mm. And I didn't know how much I would enjoy it but I find myself enjoying it quite a lot. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's a wild ride I'm on here <laughs> that we're all on. I think it's the greatest initiation that we can possibly go through. Uh, the uh, ad adaptation and, and adjustment that I think a parent has to make, especially in those first few months, is the contrast is something I've never experienced before in my life to go from not being a parent to being a parent. And I think something that is often not talked about is that those first three months or what's called the fourth trimester is pretty much just sheer survival and really, really, really difficult. I think it's the most extreme and hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. Yes, I would agree. Um, it's just, it's so intense. It's such an extreme experience of being an animal in an animal body and like just witnessing what it is uh, to go through uh, giving birth as I did with uh, Marianella. Just, just witnessing that process is super profound. And, and then it just stays super intense. Uh, it's, it's just, I guess for me, um, it was an experience of, uh, the instinct to be a parent, um, just how powerful that animal instinct is that takes over. And it's, yeah, it's nothing that I've ever experienced before. And so it's, it's just intense integrating that day by day, what, what it, what it is to, um, have that force of nature moving through you in a way that's never happened before. Um, just kind of riding that energy, learning how to be present for it, to um, participate fully in whatever's happening. I guess that was, and still is my intention is to just be as present as I can be for that instinct to take over. And it's, it's an animal instinct. It's a spiritual instinct. It's uh, it's like a soul level, intuitively guided thing. But it's definitely uh, profoundly animal. I feel. Um, mm. I don't know if that was your experience. Oh my goodness! Absolutely. I mean, 
I feel like in general, I'm a pretty embodied person, but I don't think I even knew what embodiment was until going through the entire pregnancy, giving birth to my daughter, Luce, who's now two and a half years old, and, you know, going through the raising process. And I think that, you know, my body has changed forever. Um, and I look at photos of myself before I was a mom and I just don't even really recognize that person. It's not just that, um, like I was thinner or my breasts were smaller. It's like the, I can see my soul and she just looks younger. And I look at myself now and I'm like, wow, like I have fundamentally changed and just this feeling of, yeah, there's no going back. And I think it, that just speaks to the level of initiation that happens physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Mm -hmm. And because yeah. you and I are also professional astrologers, you know, you're a counseling astrologer and, and have been for, you know, three decades now because of that. Um, now that you've become a parent, um, who you are as an astrologer has changed and transformed and deepened because of that um, animal experience that you and Marianella and Stevie Rose have all gone through together. At least I know that my astrology and my cosmology has changed since becoming a parent. And I think today we want to have, you know, a, a meaningful and real dialogue about what does it mean to be an astrologer and to be a parent and how do you see the astrology and your cosmology um, interweaving with who you are now as a parent and as a, as a husband? Yeah, thank you. There's a lot, lot there in what you're asking and what you uh, were, were saying. Um, I guess I first want to just name something that's uh, just been very present for me um, with my experience with Stevie, but also just throughout my life, I've been, um, yeah, I guess blessed to have several moments where we can go through a, a crossroads of transformation and where frequently, you know, rites of passage occur, uh, whether that's uh, you know, the, the crossroads of transformation at adolescence, the crossroads of transformation when you become an independent adult, and then the crossroads of transformation when you enter into, say, a committed long-term relationship and what that does to your consciousness, what that does to your, uh, yeah, your whole way of being in the world. And then a, a huge crossroads of transformation can happen when you get married, when you get divorced, when you uh, encounter death, your own mortality, or someone that's close to you. And it's like each of these moments is such a powerful opportunity, I think, for each of us to to go through, yeah, it's a extended death rebirth process. I'm very aware that this one, I'm like really in the earliest stages of it, but I, I can feel how, yeah, my, mm -hmm. my consciousness, my body, as you say, my, my mental state, my patterns of everyday life are just profoundly transformed uh, as they are by uh, marriage and uh, having uh, elderly parents, you know, each of these things 
uh, indicates a, a transformation that can happen. And I think we have to show up for that and participate in the transformational process. And if you do do uh, ritual, rites of path, passage uh, types of processes, it's just, it's easier. It's also easier if you just you just know every day, wow, I am transforming. I, I can't expect that I'm going to be the same person that I have been. I certainly don't have the same patterns. Like I'm waking up every single day for four and a half months now and doing the exact same thing, just being with my baby and giving him a bottle. And I do the same thing at night. I've never done the same exact thing every single morning for the, for let alone a, a week, but for four and a half months, it just rewires you. And so um, I'm just very aware that that's happening. I'm just starting to kind of integrate and understand what's happened. But I can say um, in response to your question about uh, cosmology, I, I feel um, that's really important um, how our cosmology as parents impacts our parenting approach, it impacts our relationship with uh, our spouse and our child. And, and so, yeah, like, for example, like a, a fundamental piece of my cosmology is a sense of like, the soul continues on after death, and that there's something like reincarnation, and that there's these kind of soul level connections that we have with our closest soul family, if you will. And so for me, I absolutely believe that I have a soul contract with Stevie Rose and with Marinella, that we have contracts. We, we entered into this relationship intentionally. It's not just like some random thing. Somehow I wound up with this particular child. And so if that's my fundamental experience every day, I remember Stevie chose me, like he, he wanted to be with me Aww. and and so like that has to be the ground of my everyday life. Uh, I feel that about my own parents too. Like it, it shapes everything with that relationship. I chose this journey with them. And so from that, I just feel a little bit like more at ease um, just in, in the parenting dance, you know, finding my way with Stevie. I just know mm. that we're here to, yeah, like we, we like each other at some like really deep level or we wouldn't go into this extreme thing where we're with each other every day for 20 years or whatever. I mean, wow, how can you agree to go into something like that? It's so intense. Uh, and if you do, it's like, okay, there's there's some like really deep understanding on a soul level and and love and acceptance and forgiveness for everything on some level. And so that's my kind of spiritual cosmology that I enter into it. But then you add on top of that, the astrological cosmology and the cosmology that's informed by being a professional counseling astrologer. And yeah, it's been super special and magic to bring astrology into our family um experience and the choices that we make as a family are like deeply informed by astrology. Like, like we all have uh, a certain amount of time each day and week and month, and we can invest that time in different things. But as an astrologer, we're definitely invested in, uh, as a family, having intimacy with the sky, like direct intimacy with the sky. And so it's like, 
as a family becoming really aware of like the the new moon moment each month and the full moon moment each month and uh, like it's been so awesome as uh, a father to be aware of yeah this is stevie's first new moon this is his second new moon this is now he's i think he said four three new moons already he said four full moons and three new moons i think uh or no it's four and four and four uh lunar returns you know and it's like just kind of being aware of that not to like I don't know. It's not like it's an obsessive level, but it's just present. It's in the, in the <laughs> field. Uh, and so it's like, also like for Marianella and I, it's just like super important to get out under the sky and actually like look at the moon and look at uh, Venus. Venus is just so uh, available for intimacy right now. She's at her maximum brightness. She stays in the sky for three hours each night. She's like available. And it's like, we get to have this opportunity of going out and just being with her beauty. And right now she's next to Mars. It's like, as a uh, astrologer, we have that sense of what a Venus Mars conjunction is all about, but then it's like, what does it mean as a family to mm. engage with a Venus Mars conjunction, Stevie's first Venus Mars conjunction of his life. And it's like, okay, first of all, let's just go out and see it. Let's hang out with it. Let's be available for whatever wants to happen that might be related. Uh, it's like catching a wave as a family of the Venus Mars energy. And of course, one of the best things with that uh, combination is with that cycle of time is it has so much to do with the pulses of music and dance. And when we have more energy for music and dance and just naturally that's happened. And we just kind of participated in the universe wanting us to dance more. And like we've had more music on as a family. We've definitely been Stevie's big enough now where he can kind of move around and dance with us and, uh, it, it, it's not just music and dance. It's also Venus Mars has this kind of playful energy that yeah, just opens your heart. It lights us up with love and pleasure. And it's just like you wake up and it's a little happier to be alive when there's a Venus Mars conjunction, but it's like being aware of it. And yeah, especially like being aware that this is Stevie's first Venus Mars conjunction. How are we going to introduce that to him? Mm, yeah, because mm. There's uh, in that cycle of time of Venus Mars, there is an imprinting that takes place. And you know, we often hear talk about fractal consciousness and fractal experiences, you know, in ways that we could even think of as like akin to a progress chart um, and how progressions work of one day to one year, right? There's a, there's a kind of uh, fractal quality that's built into our universe and that we can see in the astrology. And so with our children, when it's the first of anything, there's an imprinting there. And as astrologers who are parents, there's a certain level of consciousness that we have an intention that we can bring to creating rituals around those first times. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I had this really profound experience, you know, we're coming out of this new moon moment in Gemini here and um, we have a really epic, uh, huge, huge uh, oak tree in our yard that we call the wizard tree. Yeah, and, you know, a huge thing that's been very important for me as a mother is to give my child 
all of my childhood dreams, not to make loose be like me, but to tap into using, you know, my moon trine Uranus, like what is the most fun? Like, it's really important to me that she has the most fun she can possibly have. And something that was that for me was I always wanted a tree swing. And so, um, Travis, my husband, uh, put in a tree swing in this epic, epic, um, wizard tree, we call it in our front yard. And yesterday, you know, Luce wants to go for these like half hour swing sessions and, you know, her and daddy fly really high. So he pushes her super high and she's just swinging really high. And I was like, (laughs) what would make this moment better? What would make it more enjoyable? And I was like, let's blast tunes. Ice cream. Ice cream comes after the swinging. It's hard to eat ice cream while you swing. That's right. And then we put on, I put on a playlist and I got out this huge speaker and I was like, I'm wow. going to play, you know, Electric Avenue and really good high energy music. And I'm pushing her and this music's playing and it's booming throughout my neighborhood. And I get this download and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to start hosting every first Sunday family-friendly dance parties in my front yard where I provide, you know, drinks and it's open for anybody to come. And we're just going to have a dance party in the front yard. And it was like the Mars Venus was showing me and our family how to elevate the experience and make it even that much more pleasurable and fun. And in that moment, when I was having that swinging loose with the music, I dropped in and I, I just felt one of those moments of like, I've arrived. I could ask for nothing more. And this is all I've ever wanted. And I feel like the astrology helps me not only enhance my experience and how I participate, but it makes me more present. It allows me to be more present in the now Mm -hmm. and just fully take in what's going on and feel my love and my gratitude for this moment. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I love hearing how you're, yeah, that intention to just make it more fun, amplify it even more. Like there's just a natural way that the the swinging happened and you could tune into how it related to Venus and Mars being in their dance together in the sky. And then it's like, it's like, I, I almost feel like Venus and Mars wanted for you for it to be even more fun. Like they, mm-hmm. they were inviting you to make it even more fun. They were like, come on, let's play even more. Mm-hmm. So it's like you were channeling them with Luce and Travis. And it's like, yeah, when you have that awareness in the moment, um, it's super beautiful. It's it's like super special to to feel that that you're in you are in a direct dance with the planets in the sky. I just think it's so important for people like you and I and and, and for parents when we become parents to not lose fun, but to make more fun, right? We're a tribe. We're a family. You know, I love that Remy quote, be wherever you stand, be the soul of that place. It's like, I don't want to stop having fun because I'm a mother. I don't want to lose the joy and pleasures of life. And so it's always this question of how do I keep getting what I want, what would I be doing if I didn't have a child, but now I do, we're together 24 seven, right? So how do we do it together? And it's like, I love to dance. I love music. My husband's a musician. (laughs) Like I'm not gonna stop dancing. So how do I turn 
my front yard into the dance party that I want to be having. I can't go out to the club right now. So I'm going to have a fucking Sunday funded dance party in my yard with my kids swinging in the tree. You know, like how do we continue to make it epic and magical as a family? And I just feel like that is one of my core um, intentions and principles as a mother. It's like, I like yeah. to party. I like to have a good time. <laughs> This party ain't stopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Luz signed up to be with you. So she must uh, want to go on that ride with you and Travis, you know? Um, and yeah, I guess that's been part of my experience is, okay, I'm just going to be really authentic with Stevie. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to try to be as present as I can be. But it's like, um, yeah, I'm going to tr try to bring all of who I am and and be fun as myself, whatever that means. You know, lately that's been putting on some uh, Grateful Dead music and uh, just enjoying that uh, with him. And uh, yeah, it's just like, okay, let's, I I'm just going to kind of relax into who I am and be myself as a father though. Like what, what does that mean now as a father with the limitations that are there and um also the opportunities that are there yeah because that comes from your cosmology and this is what i love so much about what you're saying it feels very healing to me to have a cosmology where you chose each other and if you chose each other then you're each other's medicine you're meant to be together and so then if you trust that you can relax into you being authentically you and saying this must be what stevie wants and needs and likes and vice versa and that you get to share in that and I can feel your moon Neptune coming through. It feels like a moon Neptune's orientation towards how to be a parent. And I know that, you know, you and you and Stevie share that aspect. And I can feel how you being right with that in your own self is the transmission for him to be that, especially as a man in this world, to be moon Neptune is something unique. It's something special that you've had to really navigate and i've seen you over the years mature and heal and grow as what does it mean to be a man as moon neptune and because you accept yourself and because you're relaxing into being yourself with your son you're giving him the most valuable thing you can give a child which is secure attachment self-acceptance and love and you're doing that by by being that and then being that with stevie and that's incredible to see you actually embody that and to know that that comes from your cosmology. So you're also giving him a cosmology download and transmission simply by how you span time with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, one of the things that's the most important for me is, is connection with the water element. And that has so much to do with my moon Neptune. And it's like, it's been so important for me to introduce him to the water element well and uh, to try to help him to enjoy being in the water. And yeah, he has, uh, he has a, a Venus-Neptune conjunction opposite the moon. So it's, it has a lot of potential for being a water lover. And it's kind of evidence that we're probably on the same page, you know, that like, why would somebody that doesn't like the water, like a, a soul that's like really not into water be my kid would be like, you know, somebody that wants to live in the desert isn't going to choose to hang with me because I want to be in the water as much as possible. 
And uh, you know, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't want to play soccer, I'll be honest. So I'm going to really uh, introduce him to as many water uh, activities as possible. And then maybe we'll just be able to hang out in the water all the time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure now he's going to be a soccer star, but it's okay if he wants to play soccer. <laughs> His, his auntie said that she'd take him to practice. <laughs> yeah, see, there's a, you don't have to give him everything. And there are other people. He's being supported on his path, right? As all our children are. Of so course. there's someone else can that can do soccer with him if that comes up. Yeah. I just, I just want to say, like, I think it's so special that both of our children share that moon Venus Neptune. Luz has moon Venus conjunct opposite Neptune and right. it's both in Virgo Pisces for both of us and I just think it's really incredible that our children share that and you know we both live uh in amazing parts of the world surrounded by incredible Caribbean waters and I swam with loose in my belly almost every single day both in the ocean and and the pool and now she's gotten to the point where she is swimming every single day at two and a half. And her wow. favorite place in the universe is in water. It can be water mm -hmm. of any kind. It doesn't matter what the water is, but there's right. a special relationship that she now has with the ocean. And this weekend she swam for over an hour riding the waves. And wow. every time a wave comes, she giggles and <laughs> it mimics not only what happens for all of us in utero being in the oceanic womb of our mother, but also because I was literally riding those very waves that she's now riding, she is so at home in those waters and the moon Venus Neptune um, through her chart by being in the water with her, I get to have these incredible Venusian, beautiful, pleasurable and Neptunian magical experiences. I mean, we have spiritual, mystical experiences being in the ocean together. And there's a lot of personal healing that's going on for me by being in those waters with her. And so it's a way that like her chart is constellating these experiences that I now get to have because of these particular cycles of time that she's born with. And then of course we can look at the synastry between the two of us and understand how that plays out, right? for, you know, her moon Venus Neptune's on my ascendant, descendant. So it's literally our moment to moment and relational experience moving through the world together. And it's, I love it. I'm just like, fuck, yes, this is so awesome. I can't believe I get to have this. Wow, there's so much in what you're sharing there that I'm um, resonating with. And like, I don't, one thing that came was just, um, yeah, it's the experience also of this kind of multi-generational consciousness. And uh, I think we're going to talk about this more, just like how it's a profound initiation into the mysteries of the moon, deeper dimensions of the moon. And like one element of that is I, I just feel so much more connected to my personal ancestry. And I, I now feel totally connected to Marianella's ancestry. And I, I get to feel how like Stevie is constellating this profound, like uh, morphic field of consciousness that I get to participate in. It's just like such a way deeper experience of, family consciousness, multi-generational consciousness. And yeah, just in terms of the water, 
you know, that was a really big part of my family upbringing is my, my parents helping me to love the water. And it's like, now I get to pass that down to my uh, son. And of course, uh, Marianella coming from the Caribbean here, of course, so her family also ha has had that so strongly, you know, and it's so, yeah, like I already had this amazing uh, love of water, but now it's just like so much more multi-leveled and it's like, yeah, I, f I feel so, like so strongly that he constellated all of this the whole last year of uh, Marinella and I getting engaged and then finding out that she was pregnant and then how that led to us uh, getting married in Florida with you and Travis and my parents and uh, her family and then how that led to living in this particular spot like there's no way that we would live right here if Stevie wasn't involved <laughs> you know it's like uh, so it's like his soul participating is bringing us opportunities that just wouldn't be there unless we were uh, a family together and so yeah I guess I'll, I'll say one more thing that's been just part of my meditation every day. Uh, Stevie has a Sun-Saturn conjunction that is conjunct my moon, square Neptune. So it's like when we start to, when I start to meditate on that level of it, it's like mm -hmm. my moon Neptune is revealed in uh, ways that are uh profound and it's like i don't know uh, you can also talk about how the the transits of the whole year leading up to the birth the parents transits leading up to the birth are basically going to be part of the sinistry of uh, parent and child the alignments between the parents chart and the child's chart and it's like part of what i was going through this whole last year was saturn conjunct my moon a once in 30 year transit it's a kick-ass transit and part of that meant leaving California, leaving my home, the end of a whole home lunar experience that just was like super demanding to go through. But then uh, the move here and building a whole new family structure, home structure uh, on another continent, it's like that just that Saturn conjunct the moon transit, everything that I went through with that year long transit is now kind of sustained for the rest of uh, Stevie and my relationship. And so it's like every day with Stevie is a Saturn moon conjunction experience to some degree. And so I'm like always kind of aware of that. And for me, it's a very helpful to have that because Saturn grounds the Neptunian part of me that can sometimes be ungrounded and just wants to float with the waves of consciousness. And it's like, okay, I got to get real. I got to be, be super present. And like one way that that really came through it is there's so much about the early months and just the whole life of uh, the child that has to do with uh, helping with sleep. And, and so the Saturn Neptune uh, part of our sinistry um, it's like, I'm just so aware that I'm kind of protecting his sleep. There was also a really big thing around protecting Marianella's sleep. And it's like trying to, um, yeah, be a master of sleep to guide Stevie to be, uh, good at sleeping, to be, uh, you know, able to sleep well. And so first of all, I have to be really responsible about my need for sleep. 
And so it's taken that to a new level, which is already something that I knew was hugely important for my health. Everybody's health is that we start our day with as much good sleep as we can. And so it just reemphasizes that on a whole other level. And so, yes, mm. those are a few additional thoughts. I really hear your wisdom coming through here and understanding those kind of holographic transmissions that happen through the tending to something like the morphogenetic field of sleeping for you, for Marinella, for Stevie, for your family, and correlating that with the astrology and seeing how in particular the Saturn-Neptune would be um, tending to sleep health and what I think is largely unknown until you become a parent, you don't understand this, is that you have to teach your child how to sleep. We, as human beings, as babies, we don't come into this world knowing how to sleep. That's something that actually has to be um, given to us through routine and structure and discipline and that part of Saturn of tending to this daily thing, this daily rhythm that is actually quite mundane, but at the absolute fundamental core of our well-being as human beings, and that, you know, it is our parents who give us our sleep and how we have sleep health and sleep hygiene. And that's something that is established within the first months of our life. And so just your awareness of that, your, your conscious choosing to tend to that, it's a lot of work. It was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through is teaching Luce how to sleep. She is such a good sleeper now. She sleeps through the night. She loves to sleep. She knows how to self-soothe to do it. And that means that I'm sleeping and that means Travis is sleeping. But it also means that we get to have evenings together because she goes to bed early as as most children want and need. She goes to bed at about 7.30 and sleeps for 11 to 12 hours. That means wow. that my husband and I get to keep our marriage intact and our intimacy <laughs> intact because we get evenings together. She goes down. Yeah. As soon as yeah. she goes down, we spend the next two to three hours together. That is our sacred time, Saturn, Neptune, of tending to our love, you know, that then allows yeah. us when Luce wakes up at seven in the morning to receive her with love because we slept well, but also because we've had our alone time together. And so we want her to come back instead of being angry or resentful to her because, you know, our needs aren't getting met. Right. And so you just start to realize how all of these Saturnian things, maybe even some ways we're going in sixth house routine, mundane things built in actually like tends to the entire health of every person in the system and the family as a whole. And I think that, um, yeah, that's just become so incredibly clear to me in these last couple of years. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking forward to 11 and a half hours <laughs> of the sleep happening. That'll be uh, amazing. But yeah, having that intention to aim for that, like uh, just as much as I want him to love the experience of water, I so want him to love the experience of sleep. I know I did with my moon Neptune uh, when I was growing up uh, and <laughs> it's less so uh, when you age perhaps, but uh, yeah, just be, being able to enjoy sleep is such a, a blessing. So I, I really yeah. wish that for him. Um, and I guess the other thing with the the Saturn moon Neptune in these early months, uh, it's it's like it's all about sleep. And it's all about feeding them <laughs> and making sure that they're getting enough food, uh, that they're gaining the right amount of weight week after week. And I mean, that's part of what makes it more extreme and what makes 
like what brings out the parental instinct. Of course, it's hugely different for a mother versus a father, but there's also uh, a kind of family merger that's uh, around supporting the the breastfeeding if that's happening, the nursing, or whether it's an introduction of formula. It's like, and it's like the the weekly visits to the pediatrician, and everybody's just observing: is the feeding process happening well? And and so. Yeah, besides like protecting Stevie's sleep and Marinella's sleep, it's been about, yeah, trying to make sure the feeding's happening as best it can. And for me giving him uh, for the early months, you know, one bottle a day of breast milk was like, um, yeah, just the seriousness of that and the responsibility of it, but also just, oh my God, I just love giving him the bottle. It's just, that's another kind of moon Neptune experience that I have with him is when I'm giving him the bottle of just feeling a sense of oneness with him uh, to the point of like, he starts to fall asleep. I feel myself kind of falling. It's like somehow we're yeah in a oneness consciousness experience, which is another part of my cosmology is, yeah, I just think when you're close to another person, we're permeable, like on a consciousness level, our bodies end at a certain point, but our consciousness extends and we can choose to keep it open to other people. We can choose to close it to other people, but on a, uh, a marriage level, family level, there's a level of intimacy every day where of course you're so entangled on a consciousness level. And, and so like, how are you going to um, show up for that? and have boundaries around it, be able to ride the waves of that as a family, getting in sync as a family so that everybody's yeah flowing well together. And, you know, I think that can happen in a very natural way. We, we have an instinct towards flow and harmonizing consciousness uh, interpersonally in a family level. And so, yeah, um, it's been well super profound. I mean, you're, you're talking about understanding the nature of consciousness and psyche and how it actually works. And if as human beings and as a family, we acknowledge the truth of what you're saying that, yes, our, our consciousness is permeable. And when we're so intimate and sharing a home, we share psyche in that space and in that intimacy. And if we acknowledge that, then the way we take care of ourselves and take care of each other changes as a family um you know i think most parents and children have a certain psychic connection and i think that the more you've developed your own intuitive nature and the more you you know have given birth to a soul that is a channel um that is you know an empath or a highly sensitive person which my daughter is um, we have a psychic connection. You know, I would say that 90% of our relationship is actually psychic and it's the main way we communicate something mm -hmm. as simple as I always wake up a few minutes before she does in the morning, even if that time fluctuates, if she's getting up at six 30 or she's getting up at eight, I always wake up right before her and we all wake up through the night. Right. But when I wake up that final cycle, there's a difference in my consciousness and I internally say, oh, it's time to get up and I'm going to hear loose in, a, in somewhere within the next three minutes. That happens wow. 
literally every single morning that 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 permeability of our consciousness and that we're in sync and because we share so much intimacy we share so much time and my intention is to be open and connected to her that our channel and our relationship is open we share that well if you continue to extend that you're looking at things like the health of psychic hygiene within a family system and how do we do that and for me it's like my self-care when I'm not with Luce is paramount to the health of our relationship and our family when we are together. And so getting that time away from her has been essential for me to take care of my needs so that then when I'm with her, that channel can be open and fluid. And I just think that that does have to come from our cosmology. And I think um, mm-hmm. yeah, it just changes the way that we relate to one another within the family and how we share space and time every single day together. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, this is amazing when, uh, you're, you're able to, yeah, just as a family choose to honor the reality of mm. telepathy, like, like uh, yeah, that the human consciousness has that ability that it's so natural. Everybody's got it. Yes. But so many people don't have a cosmology that includes it. And so they reject it. They ignore it. They prioritize their mental rational function yes. and put, push that to the side, you know, the, the intuition or telepathic, uh, communication can say, yeah, let's, let's not do that thing. And if your rational self says, of course, we're going to go do this thing. And you don't honor the the sense of, yeah, just natural telepathic guidance that we're able to have with anybody that we're close to, um, then, yeah, you're missing out on something that's uh, super special um, to explore, amplify, to, to teach your child to honor that, to, you know, not reject it as some kind of... Um, I don't know, lesser, there's so different lesser yeah. thing to, to reject it as not real, that it doesn't matter, that it's lesser. It's not less. I mean, we want to, I want to say, oh, everything's creative equal. I know I do actually think hierarchy, which means sacred order, that the intuitive function of your inner knowing and your inner voice is the most important thing to have. And the way that we parent decides whether or not we keep that intact for our child and whether or not they feel comfortable and safe enough within their own self to know what their inner knowing is, and then to actually be able to feel safe enough as us as their safe place to come and share that. We had this really fun ritual where every time we leave the house, you know, we put our hands in and you're like, one, one, two, three, go team. And we each set an intention for the day. And the intention is always something like, let's have fun, let's be safe. But then we also ask for like one thing, like, let's, uh, I want to be really surprised by some cool magical experience that I can't anticipate. Or, you know what, I want to be really surprised by finding like really good music somehow. And, you know, we each put our, you know, vibrational intention into what do we want to co-create today as a family? And let's, let's listen to each other. Like sometimes I'll get confused and I'll kind of lose the vision and I'll be like, you know, I don't really know what happens next family. Like what happens next? Like loose Travis, like we all are deciding this together. All of our consciousness is open as one channel as a family. So as a family and the morphogenetic field that we have here together, let's bring in and invoke what comes next. And we take turns sometimes in knowing what that inner knowing of our intuitive function of our family is going to be called to, to guide us into, you know, the next moment. 
Yeah, I love uh, that you called it the intuitive function, kind of calling in the, the Jungian uh, framework, in intellectual function, intuitive feeling, sensate. I think for me, that's part of my cosmology also, just that uh, there are these just very different dimensions of who we are, different ways of uh, interacting with the world. Some people are more sensate dominant and some are more intuitive dominant. And it's like, but still like working to try to find balance within ourselves, you know, uh, and not reject uh, any one of those. Of course, it's not just four functions. That was the Jungian framework. I think on an astrology level, we can talk about at least 10, 11, 12 functions, or we're just like, we have these different um, energies that pull us and call us. And some sometimes we're better at listening to some of those than others. And so I guess that's part of my commitment as a parent is to be balanced in myself around that, to work, to try to become more balanced. That's what, for me, being more of an intuitive intuitive dominant person i kind of have to lean in the direction of sensate to be Thank more you. balanced and uh i think it's so helpful to have a child <laughs> to bring that more into balance because you got to be more in your body you got to be more in this world and not just in the intuitive magical flow of it all it's like but the more i lean towards being that kind of grounded present um yeah more sensate being with my son it's like the the intuitive function is still just totally there and i i know for me that that's more my gift and i can uh it's just like the gift becomes stronger somehow when you become more balanced and so yeah i love that i was wondering we can go anywhere we want right now i was wondering if it felt right to you to go back kind of into the mystery of the moon consciousness and do that kind of understanding of each of the pairings with the other planets of like how each one of that is an initiation, um, you know, through, through the mysteries and the rites of the moon. Yeah. That, that's, that's just been maybe the biggest uh, astrological um, framework that I've been yeah, w working with is just the understanding, wow, I'm being initiated uh, by the moon, by the mysteries of the night, Marinella calls them the midnight mysteries, uh, the, the mysteries of three in the morning, uh, your baby's waking you up to, to nurse. And it's like, you can't have that experience until you've, you've had it. Um, and so, yeah, but, but thinking about how uh, it's an initiation into each of the lunar relationships. So I think we've been talking about uh, a few of them definitely been talking about a kind of moon Pluto initiation. That's like, it's the extremes of parenting extremes of uh, parenting a newborn. Um, and it's the initiation into the animal body. It's an initiation into this more biological dimension of who we are, the instinctual dimension. We've also been really talking a lot about the moon Neptune dimension of parenting, you know, everything we've said about telepathy and intuitive uh, based parenting and soul contracts and a sense of karma and reincarnation, a sense of trying to bring magic into the family, being aware of how uh, there's more magic in the inner 
personal field of uh, three people or more and just like, okay, what kinds of magical experiences can we have on a consciousness level and all the mysteries of how consciousness and the presence of angels, guardian angels, I've I felt strongly like Stevie's guardian angel is here. And like, mm -hmm. th this is when they're on duty, when they're super little, it's like they, they are making sure uh, on whatever level that angels can, that, uh, their responsibility is to protect them. And I just feel like that protection is working through me and around me. I can just see it. I know like in the first week, the way the angelic forces came in around him, it's like, wow, I can feel that it's such a privilege to be around an extra angel in the family and so that's like a moon neptune kind of level and then there's moon uranus um which i i'm i'm actually starting to get transiting uranus square my moon and on a bigger level it's been the saturn square uranus of the last couple of years that field has been going across my moon and all the kind of radical restructuring and changes that have happened in my life that have been brought through stevie and through marinella and becoming a family together so it's like Uranus brings out this kind of inner child uh, experience. It's the direct experience of a little child, uh, but then it's also, it's in resonance with my inner child. And it's like, I'm trying to trust that, trust that I have a natural childlike playfulness that I can bring to my relationship with Stevie. And it, it will be drawn forth from the relationship as he grows. And I, I feel more excited about that, partly as the transit get clo gets closer. Oh, thank you. Moon Saturn's moved off. Moon Uranus coming in. It's like, wow, I get to feel more of that, that playful uh, energy, what it is to like get out toys and play with them. <laughs> and, and so that's part of the Moon Uranus. And then there's this other dimension where it's like the disruptiveness of Uranus. It's just like anything could happen at any moment. And if you try to hold on to your uh, usual way of being, your usual routine, as much as uh, parenting is also about establishing moon Saturn type routines, uh, building routine structures like around sleep, for example, around meal times, it's like all that you try to build as much as possible, but then anything can happen to disrupt that, whether it's doctor's appointment or some family member coming over, or it's a phone call or whatever. And that's like, that's different than what it is to have disruptions when it's just you. <laughs> it's like disruptions when they come into the family, everybody's got to navigate that. Um, yeah, and really, there's all I'm just going to come in there for a second. Like we, you know, it's, we're coming off of Father's Day weekend. Yesterday was Father's Day. And of course, I had this whole vision of what Father's Day weekend was going to be. We were going to have these big epic days at the beach and camp out all day and just celebrate and honor Travis and, you know, give him all of his favorite things. And then Luce got sick and she got a cough and she needed to stay home because she was tired and needed to rest. And so that disruption of like, I had this plan of what we were going to do. And then, you know, this completely unexpected out of our control thing, she got sick and we had to stay home. And it was like, can you Aikido that and say, okay, I'm going to let go of that plan and that vision. I'm going to grieve that. And then I'm going to come back into the present and say, well, what can be now? What is now? How do we, how do we honor what is now? And I feel like that's the very moon you're honest thing you're talking about. 
I love that you added the part of grieving it, like to take a moment to acknowledge, oh, this, yeah, this is hard. I wish we kind of had the, a little bit of an attachment to it going this way and a pause and just acknowledge, okay, yeah, it's hard that that didn't happen. But then you, yeah, you'd be with the new potential of the moment. Um, yeah, the grieving is more the Saturn part. And so maybe we could say a couple words about the moon Saturn combination is just so huge. Like, um, whether it's just a sense of uh, the duty of being a parent, the responsibility of it, the seriousness of it, the gravity of it, the presence of mortality, uh, like especially in the early weeks of your child's life, you're just like, oh my God, I got to make sure this being stays alive. And it's, you know, it's not guaranteed. <laughs> I got I to gotta show up and uh, yeah, make sure that uh, he's getting all his needs met. Um, there's that, there's uh, a sense of, yeah, that the ancestral level coming in, just uh, how when we chose to have Stevie here in Santa Marta, how it's like, it's almost like a tree got planted here mm -hmm. and the family tree is kind of spreading out uh, from here and just a sense of this is family land. It's uh, Marinelle's family's here, so it's very much a sense of being connected to family land and how profound that is. Um, yeah, there's so much that could be said there, how Moon Saturn has to do with uh, the experience of home and building home together, sometimes home ownership, connecting to uh, other family members who have their own homes, that dimension of it. Then there's like an existential dimension of Moon Saturn, just like, yeah, the, like I think there's a real like grieving of the old life. It's part of being a parent, like, oh, fuck, like, it's not going to ever be like I could just do whatever I want every day, like I could for a long time. You know, it's like, okay, I got to like acknowledge that, integrate that, and sometimes even like cry about that. And then it's like, then I can really celebrate. And that's some of the moon Jupiter coming in, celebrate all the blessings and abundance that come with this new life. I mean, Marianella and I just can't imagine what it would be like to not uh, have a child. Like we don't prefer that. Like we really prefer this experience, but it's like, okay, it's still like, you have to, yeah, let, let go of the past or uh, be present to the past and whatever process is there. Um, yeah, maybe you can bring in some other moon Saturn stuff. <laughs> well, well, I was just going I, I was actually feeling the moon. I was feeling the moon Jupiter right there and the baby bundle, right? It's like all of the gifts and the blessings and the abundance that come with this being coming in, as you talked about the constellation of Stevie's soul, bringing you all to Santa Marta and being surrounded by these and beautiful waters and mountains and like there's so much uh celebration within the extended family and the moon saturn is like the family tree and everyone comes and gravitates towards the center of this child and it bonds and brings the family in it also can cut family ties saturn cuts and so it's also like the cutting of family ties to preserve the health of the new system that's being formed. So it both can be the coming together and the bonding of the family, but it also can be the ending of certain, you know, now that we're calling it transgenerational uh, trauma, uh, there's, there's, there's ending of patterns and cycles as well there. And then the moon Jupiter comes in and it's like the branching out, 
and all of the expansion and all of the growth and all of the wealth that comes from the support of this new being coming into the family. Right. Yeah, that's uh, the baby draws towards uh, themselves. Just, yeah, all of this abundance of the universe, the mother force of the universe mm. is just brings abundance to the child as much as possible to support the growth. The mm. mother's doing it, the family's doing it, but there's this larger mother force uh, that the moon is uh, related to that, yeah, shows up and you get to feel that, wow, there's this force that's showing up for Stevie. There's so much uh, love coming towards him. Uh, and I get to be uh, connected to that. Mm. You know, the, the, the moon Saturn piece for me also is, yeah, sadness of being uh, not present uh, with you guys there in Florida and with my parents. That was the original intention. That was the the structure that I thought was going to happen. And then, yeah, it, it uh, ended up being that we, we chose to be here, uh, at least for however long it's meant to be. And it's like, I have to grieve that I'm not uh, present in that location with you two, the three of you and my, my parents. Um, so yeah, there's that, there's that dimension of parenting that I know is true for a lot of people. It's like, you're closer maybe to one side of the family than you are in at different times and all of the, all the complexity of that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything else that I want to say about Moon Saturn? It's this sense of bu you're building your family, bu building some kind of, I'm just, we're just in this, the earliest stages of it, but there's some sense of an ongoing process of building a stable structure for uh, us all to thrive in, but for Stevie to grow within. And it's ultimately building a protective, uh, protective structures around him and us so that he can thrive and uh, enjoy life as much as uh, possible. And it, that's where you get more to the, the moon, uh, Jupiter. Um, I, and... I would, it just made me think of one thing with the moon Saturn, which is, I think it has a lot to do with building traditions and what your family traditions Teens. are. And I know that for me, I've been in a process of reclaiming all my traditions and reclaiming every holiday. And like, I don't want to ever get to a point of a day in the year where I'm not looking forward to it because of maybe how that tradition was practiced in my family growing up in a way that maybe I didn't like, or it didn't work for me. It didn't feel good. It wasn't a good fit. And so like, I'm reclaiming Christmas. I'm reclaiming all the birthdays. I'm re I'm even reclaiming uh 4th of July. It's like, I want to find a way for these, you know, both personal and national and international holidays to be traditions that I look forward to. And that my, my, my whole family looks forward to because we're consciously choosing how we want to ritualize these experiences together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Building family traditions, establishing family routines, uh, do, you know, we have a, a certain tradition for Sundays and uh, what, what is our tradition going to be astrologically, uh, for example, around, going out to see the new moon uh, each month or uh, going out like right now, want to make a big pu push for everybody to get out uh, this Wednesday to see the moon, Venus, Mars, triple conjunction. Those don't happen every day in Leo. 
uh, it's a special summery dancing, loving kind of energy to, to get out under the sky and, and, uh, yeah, move with your friends and loved ones, uh, as you dance with the planets, uh, Marianelle and I have, uh, are really into following the cycles of Venus, uh, like visually really tracking her, whether she's in the evening sky or the morning sky and particularly focusing on the moon Venus conjunctions, um, uh, that are sometimes called rose gates or Venus gates. And that's become a big family tradition. I know it's going to continue that every month we'll go out, whether it's in the evening sky to see her, if the weather permits, uh, as much as possible, if we can wake up to see her in the morning sky, that's an intended family tradition uh, that could easily be disrupted, I know. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I should also add that for me, the, the moon Saturn element, uh, of course, with transit has been leaving California and my friends and uh, family that are there also. Mm. So that, that has been very present while at the same time, it's like, there's so much joy in this experience that I'm having with Stevie and Marinella here and all of the, for me, a moon Jupiter experience of international travel and having an international family now. Um, and like you said, the mountains that are here and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very Jupiterian experience at the same time. It's very Saturnian. It's like, how, how do you allow all of the planets to be present in your life every day to have a kind of council of elders around you that are supporting and guiding you and calling you and pulling you, uh, to, to certain possibilities that you might not be aware of if you're not being intuitively in contact with these energies. And I think, so, yes. I think that another thing that happens with the moon Jupiter is this amplification of everybody's needs. I think that, you know, we've been talking about things around like protecting sleep. You know, we, we, as humans, we have these, these needs. And when you have a young child, you're constantly negotiating, you know, whose needs get met when there's something about that, that's moon Saturn, but the moon mm -hmm. Jupiter is like the amplification of our needs. It's also the amplification of our inner child. So much of parenting is getting to reparent ourself. Um, we know that psychologically, whatever age our child is, we are going back inside of our own psyche to that time in our life. And then um, how we treat our, um, our, our child is also the way that we're treating our inner child. And that really is getting super in touch mm. with our needs, including needs that perhaps weren't met in our own childhood. And then the amplification of those uh, lunar emotions. I know that a big part of parenting for me is how big my emotions get. And loose being two and a half, you know, the definition of a toddler is very big feelings. And having to be with her big feelings and be with my big feelings and finding ways to co-regulate with that. I think the moon Jupiter wow. is the amplification of both the needs, but the feelings that, that come in for all of us. Can you say more about co-regulation? Cause that's been on my mind too. And it's something that I've been experiencing that, yeah, I can, I can tell how when Stevie's crying for whatever, that I, I have to kind of drop into a place that helps him 
And in order to do that, I have to kind of regulate my own psyche. I have to kind of calm down. I have to drop into a more peaceful place in myself. And as I do, I can see that that, that Stevie relaxes and is able to fall asleep or is able to stop crying. And, and so, yeah, uh, but I'd love to hear more about how you see co-regulation. I think it's something that I'm in in the middle of discovering and practicing with Luce, you know, having a toddler, which is um, she, she uh, our young children only live in the present. And so whatever is going on in that moment for her, it's all that there is. There is nothing else but what's happening in that moment. And so every moment is much bigger to her than it is to me who can have perspective of time, past, present, future. And so, for example, classically, she is developing, you know, expressing her will. I mean, she's not developing that. She came in with that. But the ability to exercise her power. So when she wants something, she wants it. And she wants it now. And that's the only thing she wants. And so sometimes she can't get that and we'll have a tantrum. Right. right. And so okay. a tantrum, it by nature, and this leads us into the moon Mars, is primal rage. The difference between a tantrum and getting angry is that a tantrum is pure rage and there's no controlling it. There's no rationalizing with it. And so the idea there is to let them have the tantrum so they get to experience the fullness of that rage. And then once they've come out of the tantrum, they're into anger and anger you can work with. So co-regulation is like she has a tantrum for most of us, our nervous system's going to react and I'm going to get over, I'm going to get flooded and be like, whoa, of course I don't want my child fucking screaming and flailing. Right. <laughs> but especially if, as for most of us, if we didn't have parents who were able to not shame us in that moment or yell at us or try to stop it, we are often going to be triggered and activated because we don't, we're having big feelings while they're having big feelings. So right. what I have to remind myself is I pause, I take a breath and I'm like, this is not an emergency. I am safe. My child's safe and I'm going to calm. And so the way that loose calms down from the tantrum is when I'm able to access my own calm and then right. I, I give her my calm and then she calms down. And then once she's calmed down, it's like, Hey, yeah, we're on the same team and right. we're going to figure this out. Right. And I'm also teaching you to the best of my human ability with my limitations, empathy. So I'm not going to say, Luce, don't get upset. I mean, I do sometimes. Luce, don't get upset by that. Mm. That minimizes her experience. Instead, it's like, I'm, I'm. yeah, that's really hard that you didn't get the sucker. I really know that mm. you wanted to eat a cupcake for breakfast. I'm sorry you don't get to do that. I know how hard that is. But I can only offer her that if I can access calm within my own self. But usually right. before that happens, I'm having all my big feelings of like, you know, I didn't have anybody who helped me with that. So I'm having to like learn how to do that for myself and her at the same time. Yeah. Wow. To not shame our children for being children. Um, the fact that right. humans are unique, that our brain doesn't the, the, like our prefrontal cortex doesn't even develop fully, you know, until we're 20 something. And our brains don't fully form the ability to have any rationalization until age seven or eight. So it's like, you know, anyways, right. there's a lot, there's right. a lot that can be said. <laughs> 
uh, you're getting a little bit towards moon Mercury there. Um, but yeah, I, it's one thing I'm definitely hugely grateful for, uh, as a new parent is, uh, all the years of experience that I had with breath work and as a sitter, as a facilitator and how that work is all about just allowing people to have their full experience, allowing people to have whatever full on rage, full on terror, full on sorrow, whatever, um, the process as a, a space holder in that work and other kinds of work is all about what you're saying is like trying to remain. It's one reason I loved breath work is it like we had a professional responsibility to stay in our hearts, to stay in a compassionate place, no matter what was arising, but to still c contain with boundaries what's going on, but also allow for uh whatever's happening to be expressed or explored safely. Um, I think you know, what you're doing right now is you're, you're bringing back a really precious memory for me, which is I forgot that the reason I went to school for psychology and became a psychotherapist was so that I could be the best parent I could be. And I knew that I needed help in understanding how to do that, including things around understanding childhood development and psychological development for us human beings. And I did that because I knew I needed support around how to be a, a conscious parent. And I think that it was also to be the best astrologer that I could be, because I think that those things all go together. And the, the gift and the privilege of being able to combine understanding psychology and childhood development with the planets, like we've been talking about, has been a really exquisite experience for me. And as a human, it's like, that's what I want for humanity. And that's what I want for our future. And that's what I want for our children. And so this is my best attempt to, to do that. And then, you know, hopefully, right, give that to loose. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for all of uh, the experiences of training in psychology and spirituality, everything that I've uh, been blessed to be able to explore and uh, practice. It all helps. It just is. It's all helpful. Whatever you do to grow and uh, explore yourself and uh, psychologically evolve, all of that is just hugely helpful. So um, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. I think that the moon, the moon Mars is, you know, parenting is a, is a high impact contact sport. I know at least with my child who's sun, sun Mars, you know, it's a very physical, physically demanding thing. I mean, I swim laps every day to stay in shape, to be able to live a physical life with her. I want to be able to right. do all the things that she wants to do mm -hmm. at the speed, the rapid speed that she wants to do it. So the moon Mars wow. is the high contact sport of being a parent, how physical it is, but how much I need to stay in physical shape in order to live life with her. But also that practice around emotional reactivity and doing my best, you know, and I make mistakes there as we all do around like not emotionally reacting to her because there's nothing more than having a young child that gets your emotions all riled up and wanting to react. So I think the moon Mars is really big here with, with being a parent. Wow. Yeah. You got to stay in shape uh, just to carry this guy. He's, I, I, I know I've got to be uh, 
you know, continuing to be athletic uh, and in shape, healthy. That's another part of the Saturn, for, especially for me being an older uh, person than some fathers. It's like my mortality is more present, I think, than younger parents. And, and so it's like, I have, I want to live as long as possible with Stevie. And so it, it's another gift actually that I, I feel that sense of, I want to take good care of myself. Part of that is exercise. Um, I also want to uh, model like being a lifelong athlete. My father's an inspiration at 80, he's still biking around his neighborhood uh, a few times a week. And it's like, I want to be like that. I want to be somebody that honors the impulse to be athletic um, that comes uh, from Mars. It was a um, huge part of why I chose Travis was one of the first things that attracted me to him was his, his athleticism. He's uh, a marathon runner. He's a long distance runner, Mars Saturn. And he would run, you know, he runs about four miles a day at this point. And I loved when I first met him, like he'd literally run a half marathon and he would then go in the sauna afterwards and prioritize stretching and these things that, you know, not, not all men do or not all humans right. do. And it just really, I was like, oh, you're fit. And that means you want to live. And, you know, dancing is important to us and you have to be flexible and strong in order to dance and, and play in life. And I knew I wanted to be with a partner like that, but I also knew that modeling to, like you're saying, being a lifelong athlete to our child and how important this is. And without a doubt, Luce is um, a lifelong athlete. I mean, as you said, she has the chart of an Olympian. She's definitely a Titan. I have never seen physicality like this in a child. And, you know, I can now see that, that, uh, that invocation worked. <laughs> you, that's her gift. You get to be in shape with Luce. That's an awesome gift. Uh, yeah. I mean, we got to bring in moon Venus. She's about to bless our skies. Um, uh, the experience of love, the unique love, a moon Venus, uh, family love, parental love uh, experiences. Yeah. I just, I, that maybe is the thing I feel most blessed by most grateful for is just the, the level of love that is um, emerging and growing uh, each week that passes both between Marianella and I, the level of our love for each other, the kind of love that you can experience when you're sharing the parenting, uh, responsibility is mm -hmm. it's, so, I mean, to go through, uh, giving birth, supporting, a, a, a woman giving birth and then supporting her as she goes through nursing and the, the sleep deprivation, all of that, it, like it, it bonds, uh, us and, it expands the love that was already there. But then of course the love for uh, Stevie is like, it was there from day one, but it just, it's getting bigger. I'm like, wow. Okay. This is a kind of love I've never experienced before. I get to wake up every day and feel into this, participate in it and be uh, evolved through it. And uh, yeah. And it's, it's so magic what's happening is he's you know now four months old and he's, he's smiling and giggling and just so heart opening to be around him and also to see other people's hearts open around him and yeah the moon venus is just like tender kind love of the mother force um of of the actual mother her i mean seeing 
Marianella and how she is in love with Stevie, seeing mm. how Stevie's in love with her. It's just like, wow, I just get to witness that. I get to be around that all the time, a mother love. Uh, it's different. I have a lunar father caring thing that's my own kind of love uh, for Stevie. But to actually see Marinella's love, just how sweet it is. Um, it's, yeah, it's super uh, blessing. And he's so cute. You know, the moon Venus, like, he's just so cute. He's so, he's so handsome. He's just so adorable. So All his outfits and his little giggle. And right. And it's like that moon Venus, too. There's there's a real uh, aesthetic quality to it. Like, our children are so beautiful. I look at Luce every day, so many times throughout the day. And I'm just like, you're so beautiful. You're the most beautiful baby. Like, I can't believe that uh, a being so beautiful like came from us and it it does it makes me fall more in love with Travis um by just seeing what a beautiful being came through our love and it has this really nice um <laughs> swirling reciprocity between all of our hearts and the love grows um in part through through the physical beauty of this being, of course, it's the, the inner beauty, but there is a component of just looking at how gorgeous Luce is and seeing how cute and adorable Stevie is. And it's like, oh, he just opens your heart. Yeah, it's uh, there. There's an I think it's just, part of it is just on a biological level. Babies come in cute to make sure that the parents are in love with them. It's just yes. a force of cuteness that is like, uh, it's Darwinian. Uh, but yeah, so you don't murder them, right? In those moments <laughs> of sleep deprivation, you haven't slept and you're just like, fuck, you know, and one more waking in the night. And it's like, they are cute. So we don't kill them. And <laughs> also, uh biologically when babies are born they look like the father so that the father knows that it's their child and wants to protect it and keep it alive wow. and provide for it especially coming from a history in as animals where you know for a long time in more of our primate mode we didn't know who the father was you know there would be copulation um with lots of different people out of survival uh female uh, primates will uh, have sex with multiple male primates in order to get different goods and services. And um, so the baby looks like the father so that the father has the impulse to take care of the baby. Wow. I didn't know that exactly, but it's, it's true. I mean, Stevie looked super like me in the first uh, two, three months. And now he's looking way more like Marianella and it's a nice blend happening, but it's, uh, it definitely was true there. And there is something about that, um, that there's a, there's a connection when you can see yourself mirrored back to you in your child's face. And look at the timing of it. The hardest part of the first three months of survival, he looks like you. And then as you go get out of that fourth trimester, out of the four month mark, he looks more like a blend of you because you now are bonded and you know he's yours and you're you're right. hooked. So he doesn't need to just look like you anymore. Wow. Nature is incredible like that. Nature is so incredible. That's another d dimension of it is like, just my mind is blown every day about like- yeah 
how does this happen? I mean, his brain is evolving. I see like him waking up and getting smarter every day. It's like, you see him getting more and more curious. It's like, how does this being evolve and grow and mature, like, and, like thrive though. Like there's this thirst and hunger for life that I see in him. Mm. It's like, just like, wow. Mm. Um, yeah. And then there's a uh, good old moon Mercury. <laughs> uh, like, what do we say about that da daddy brain, ba uh, mommy brain, mommy brain, yeah. you know, it's like the, the intellect function in some ways just goes, it just diminishes compared to the lunar, <laughs> lunar caring principle. I think, you know, Marinella and both of I, both, both of us like felt some of our, yeah, whatever intellectual function, the impulse to create intellectually, have certain kinds of conversations like that mm -hmm. retreats. And it's more the dominance of the moon ruling things. Um, but then there's like that sense of developing language uh, together, like tuning into the their animal way of communicating their needs, starting to differentiate between different kinds of cries that are indicating yep. I, I want food or I want I'm bored, take me out, hold me, whatever you, you can, you can see that communication ability so strongly. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, the Neptunian level that you were talking about, the more telepathic kind of communication that's happening. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Because of the frequency of the crying, especially in the early days, um, it turns out that we've, discovered through science and research that babies cry for five different reasons and that there's actually each cry is slightly di a different dialect if you will and mm. you can tune into that when you're sleep deprived in the beginning days especially when you're a new parent as well um, and you don't know all of this yet you kind of can go through a checklist of like okay are they wet do they need a diaper change are they hungry do they need to be swaddled? Are they bored? You know, and you just kind of go through the checklist and you're like, it's not that, it's not that. Oh, they stopped crying. There it is. Yep. They needed a diaper change. Um, and so it's like you're the development of language between you and the child is starting. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. even preconception and in, in utero, mm -hmm. but it's first through crying that we communicate, which I think right. is very interesting too. When you think about why in our society uh, we don't cry more it's like that is our primary language is crying uh -huh. right wow um yeah the i think also the way in which just there, there's a unique family language that emerges like whether that's just I don't know, cute things that you just start f saying that you say them all the time. The kid does something cute and then it's like, it becomes integrated into the, yes. the family vocab vocabulary. Um, yeah. Even the, yeah, the way that Marianella and I communicate is different than it was before Stevie. It's like, I don't know if it's just the being in cuteness mode all the time. It's like, we're cuter with each other. We have more playfulness with each other, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's kind of emotional communication also. I think mm -hmm. that's that's a ongoing 
challenge communicating our needs to each other as parents, communicating our emotional reality, trying to be aware of what am I feeling right now? What's triggering my emotional reactivity right now? Is this uh, about something that's going on with Stevie? Is this something about my relationship with Marinella? Is it something else? And trying to tune into that and then take care of myself around it or take care of Marinella around it or Stevie. Um, I think, uh, yeah, all of that has something to do with the moon mercury relationship. Also like a kind of, uh, trickster energy that's there with Uranus also, but this kind of magician playful thing that's, uh, mercurial, um, that I'm just starting to, it's kind of like the magic of how language starts how they, whenever they say their first word, I'm, I'm sure that's super magic. They start to realize the power of their words to affect things in their environment. Well, if I say this, this happens. Um, and then of course they're starting to uh, see letters and words for the first time. And what that does to their brain development and their neural uh, connections, uh, I think probably all that's moon mercury territory as well. I love that. And the nicknames, right? All the nicknames, the infinite yeah. nicknames. Oh, yes. Stelzy. So um, we are coming here near to the end of our journey for today. And I just want to bring in some more of you and what you're doing right now with your work and what you're offering and how people can connect with you and stay connected with you. The number one thing for me is I love giving readings and consultations. Uh, for me, it's my greatest joy and creativity comes in the dialogue, the sacred conversation uh, that astrology can bring. And so I do readings. Uh, you can find me at matthewstelsner.com or stels.biz. Uh, and uh, if you go to my page, you'll see a uh, uh, a place where you can sign up for my newsletter, my email list, and I'm about to be doing a promotion for a discount on my reading. So if you sign up there, you'll get uh, access to that promotion. I'm also giving out a free Venus gate, Rose gate calendar that lists all the dates for the different moon Venus conjunctions. And I'm going to give that to my mailing list. So be sure to sign up there. Uh, or name my YouTube channel. I love creating content for YouTube, especially also Instagram. Um, and yeah, just look for my name. Uh, you asked earlier about my amazing painting here that was created by uh, Tessa Bar, Contessa Magdalena, our good friend, gifted uh, astrologer, tarot reader, now palmistry uh, a student, I guess, but also practitioner and uh, amazing artist. And so I commissioned this uh, amazing painting actually to uh, help promote another thing that I do, which is to teach tarot, uh, tarot and astrology together in a class called Tarot and Flow that I hope to offer later this year. And, and so this is a representation of the fool later in life. That's me and others uh, grounded, looking out at Baker Beach, with my beautiful bird Lola turning over the fool card in a five card spread that I like to practice. That's what's going on with the painting, Jessica. And I me. love that. I love that. I love all of Yay, that. Yay, Tessa, Contessa Magdalena, we love Yay, you. Tessa. <laughs>
Um, so I wanted to end our journey today with us just each sharing one of our favorite memories of each other. Can I just say what, ask you one question before we go there? Yeah. Can you, we're going to be posting this on my uh, YouTube channel as well. Yeah. Can you just say a couple words about who you are and what your oh, yeah. basic trust psyche school is uh, all yeah. about and yeah. how people can contact you? Yeah. So you can find me in my body of work at trustpsyche.com. My YouTube channel is Trust Psyche. I would love for you to follow me there and subscribe. And um, we also always love to hear from you. So comments below, I always respond to all of them. And like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And um, yeah, I am a licensed psychotherapist. I have a, a private practice where I work with people all around the world um, doing individual and couples therapy, where I also include the astrology. And then I also run an online astrology school with my husband, Travis, and it's called Trust Psyche School of Astrology and Depth Psychology. And you can take courses with us anytime online. Uh, at your own pace or live. And we have a whole curriculum there and I love it more than anything. It's our absolute joy. And we would love for you to come study and really live astrology with us. Um, that's what it's about. Yay. I love trust psyche. I love both of you. I've taken classes with both of you and uh, please check out their stuff. If you're not uh, already aware. Thanks, and so what were, you, what were you asking about a memory? Well, I just thought we could end with each of us sharing one of our favorite memories of each other. And, and, and whoever can go first is fine. And I know it's hard to I, choose. It is. I have so many memories that I could choose from, of course. Uh, but the one that is coming into my mind right now is uh, on my 50th birthday, you and Travis took me to Bush Gardens uh, to ride roller coasters. And I just remembered, Jessica, how fun that day was with both of you. But uh, there's this one image that I have from the day. And I think you 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 said to me that you had some fear of roller coasters or uh, it was challenging for you, it was growth edge for you. And, uh, you know, I just, I had this, I thought, let's try this. Let's, instead of like screaming and, and thrashing while we're going on the coaster, let's try to contain that energy and see if we can kind of raise it up the spine in a kind of tantric approach to coaster riding. And you went for it so big time. And I just was so happy to be with you as you were riding the coaster, as we now talk about and I'll all they actually took a picture of you in the front seat of the roller coaster just like just like so contained with the power of that uh, amazing uh, technology the coaster and yeah so you teach me how to ride the waves of life Jessica thank uh, you for that you're so funny that was actually the same memory that I chose no um, it wasn't it was, real. it was it was in a specific moment I mean Bush Gardens, Florida roller coasters, like world famous. I did go into the day very scared. And I will say you and Travis were just so loving and supportive around my fear that I actually co-regulated my nervous system and drew from your calm and your excitement. And I was like, I love these guys. I trust these guys. If they're feeling good, then I'm going to try to tune into that. And when you suggest made that suggestion, what I did was I lined my breath with the coasters going up. I used my breathing. And then when I, when it dropped, I exhaled and there was a peak moment in the, in the day where we went on the hardest roller coaster, El Tigre. And the, Tigre. Part of the reason why that coaster is so difficult is because it goes upside down and then you free fall, hang upside down 
for oh, a period yeah. of time and it's oh yeah quite terrifying <laughs> and i was like if i can get to that point in the coaster in full oneness and no fear i'll have achieved and i just remember we got on el tigre and i just like let it all go and we were hanging upside down and i was like fuck yes i have arrived and that that day your 50th birthday portal my one of my favorite humans to to portal with on birthdays um <laughs> And who's taught me about that? Um, that literally helped me give birth to my daughter. Where because mm. I had preeclampsia, I had to be induced and go into early labor a month early, and was given a, a lot of uh, drugs to be able to start um, dilation because I was zero centimeters. And it was like riding a coaster. And there were many wow. moments in those days of giving birth to her where. I took what we did that day and used it to ride the coaster and bring her safely into this world. I'm so grateful to both you and Travis for being models of parenting and being able to be close to you in those first uh, four months uh, in Florida and seeing you and how you rode the coaster of those first months. It, it's helped me so much. I'm so grateful to both of you. Oh, I'm so grateful to you, Matthew. I love doing this with you. I love our conversations and I just hope that we do this forever. Let's keep rocking it. Like we okay. do. I love you. Love you so love much. You. Thanks love for you. everybody who hung out with us and check this out. I love you. Yes. Love. Sending you all so much love. Thank you for spending time with us. Um, again, please uh, let us know what you think. Say hey to us, give us a shout out and we will definitely catch you on the flip side and see you next catch time. You on the flip side, everybody love. We are dreamed into existence. What we do with that dream is up to us. How we dream is as important as what we dream, for the what of the dream knows itself through the how. <laughs>